the church said, amen. God bless you. Turn around, wave at somebody as we've been doing since COVID hit and say, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen and amen. God bless you and you may be seated. The kingdom principle for the message today in this uh, I foresee this being a two-part message because as I was studying it throughout this week, there is so much that I feel like the Lord wants for us to hear and wants for us to learn regarding our relationships. Again, being Valentine's Day Sunday, we are talking about our relationships not just any relationship, but we're specifically talking about the relationships that matter the most to us. That is, namely, our relationship with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Secondly, our relationships with our spouse. Thirdly, our relationships with our children, our families, and also our relationships with our church family. And then from there, everybody else. Look, Life is about relationships. Can somebody say amen? amen? Life is about relationships. No more, no less. Listen, if you came here this morning thinking that life is about money, I'm sorry, but you are very uh, sadly mistaken. If you came here today thinking that life is about uh, your career. Look, it's not about your career. Life is about relationships. Again, primarily, first and foremost, about our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Second of all, our relationships with one another. You know, I've shared with you in the past, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden back in the book of Genesis, that God entered the garden and confronted Adam and Eve on what they had done. And when God asked Adam, what have you done? You remember what Adam's response to God was? God looked at, uh, Adam looked at God and he said, God, it's this woman over here's fault that you gave me. She's the reason why I took the fruit. Adam did the two things that he absolutely should have never done. Number one, he blamed God. Secondly, he blamed his wife. This is what sin has done to all of us today. It has ruined our relationship with God and it has ruined our relationship with one another, especially those that we love and care for the most. Once again, the kingdom principle of today's message is this. Love is not about being with the person you can live with, but about being with the person you can't live without. I like that, don't you? Let me say it one more time. Love is not about being with the person you can live with, but love is about being with the person you cannot live without. And there is absolutely nothing that is more fundamental to our relationships, folks, than the principle that is taught us in the book of Galatians here, the principle of sowing and reaping. You see, this is true again for our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's also true regarding our marriages. This is also true regarding our parent-child relationships. There was a man talking about his marriage one day. He said, when my wife and I got married, he said, we agreed on one thing. We agreed that I'd make all the major decisions and my wife, she would handle all the minor decisions. The husband then stopped there for a moment and paused, and he said, come to think of it, do you know it's been 28 years, and we haven't had to make one major decision yet? <laughs> I mean, don't raise your hand now to that, but how many can relate to that this morning? It's in Galatians chapter 1, verse 29, that God told Adam and Eve that the way they would take dominion over the earth was the process and the same principle that we're talking about this morning, the principle of sowing and reaping, sowing the seed that he had given them to sow. 
Whether we realize it or not, church, we are sowing seed every single day of our lives. We sow seeds with every word that, every word that we speak. We sow seeds with every decision that we make. Everything that you and I sow into our lives or our marriages or our relationships with one another, we will also reap as our harvest. Can somebody say amen? Put it this way. Repeat this after me. If you plant it, you will reap it. Let's say that again. If you plant it, you will reap it. We've got to sow responsibly. So many times we take it for granted. We don't, we're not careful enough about the seeds that we sow. We're not careful enough about the words that we speak. Can somebody say amen to that? We take a divine gift that is given to us by God himself. And understand, this is a powerful gift. Understand, this is a gift that God has given to us as men and women being made, fashioned, and formed in the very image of God itself. That the, It's a gift that we have a tendency to take very lightly. It's a gift that we have a tendency to take far uh, uh, not nearly as seriously as we should. I want to begin this morning by sharing four common misconceptions of sowing and reaping. Misconception number one is this. I cannot sow and get a good crop is the first one. I cannot sow and get a good crop. In other words, I cannot sow love into my marriage and receive a harvest of love in return. That is a misconception. Misconception number two is this. I can reap a good harvest from bad seed. I can reap a good harvest from bad seed. Now look, I have never in my lifetime or especially in my pastoral ministry, I have never heard anybody come to me and say, hey, pastor, my spouse cussed me out last night, and she chewed me up one side and, and down the other, and I tell you what, boy, it helped. <laughs> boy, that did me some good. Boy, that helped our relationship. Have you ever heard anybody say that before? I haven't, and I've been doing this for several years. I've done a lot of marital counseling over the last couple of decades, and I'm here to tell you nobody has ever said that. Nobody. Do you know why? Because it is impossible to reap a good harvest from bad seed. If we speak bad words, guess what? We're going to reap bad relationships. Can somebody say amen this morning? A third misconception about sowing and reaping is this. Sowing good seed doesn't work. Sowing good seed doesn't work. It might work for somebody else, but it just won't work for me. That is a misconception. That is not true. A fourth and final misconception that I want to share this Valentine's Sunday is this. I should get multiple harvests out of one sowing. I should get multiple harvests out of one sowing. This is the point. Relationships, church, take work. Relationships take work. You see, it doesn't matter how many years you may have been married. It doesn't matter how long you may be with the person you love or how long this relationship has been going on. Listen, there's never going to be a time, there's never going to be a day that it's okay for us to stop trying. Can somebody say amen? There's never going to be a time when it's going to be okay for us to say, well, you know, I think I've done enough and I don't think that I need to try in this relationship or, or I don't need to try to make this relationship work any longer. It's going to take care of itself. 
In other words, there's never going to be a time, folks, in our relationships, mainly talking today about the relationships that really matter. There's never going to be a time when we're going to be able to put everything on cruise control and just sit back and let her ride. Because a relationship on cruise control is a relationship that's going to go astray. It's going to cruise off the beaten path and it's going to end up in devastation and destruction. Again, the final misconception is this. I should get multiple harvests out of one sowing. Look, relationships, matter of fact, will you repeat this after me this morning? Relationships take work. Let's say that again. Relationships take work. They always have and they always will. Relationships require of us an investment. They require an investment of our time. They require an investment of our energies. And they require an investment of our resources. Do you know what is always, and this is one of my pet peeves, and uh, entertain me, if you will, for the next moment or two, but one of my pet peeves about marriage relationships is for some reason we put so much time and energy and investment into so many other avenues of our lives, and the one thing that we typically invest the least time in is the most important parts of our lives, and that's our relationship with Jesus Christ, number one, and our relationship with our spouse, number two. For some reason, we think that those things should never require anything of us. Those relationships should never cost us anything. But let me tell you something. Relationships take work. Can somebody say amen? As a matter of fact, will you say that with me this morning? Relationships take work. Say it one more time. Relationships take work. Do you know that couples can get into a habit of fighting with one another? Again, I'm not asking for a show of hands this morning. I wouldn't want you to raise your hand. But let me, let me tell you something. What's true for all of us is also true for your pastor and his wife. We sometimes can get into a, if you would call it a funk. We can fall into a slump, if you will, a habit of arguing. And you know what? We can fall into a, a slump in our relationship where we just argue and it, don't, it doesn't even matter what it is. It doesn't even matter what it's about. I'm talking about stupid stuff. You know what I'm talking? You know what I'm saying this morning, church? I'm talking about fighting over things that don't even matter. Things that, that are silly. Things that will not make any kind of a difference at all in life itself. We just get into a habit of arguing. We'll argue. You, do you know what the number one cause of arguments, and you, some of you aren't going to believe me when I say this, but the, what the number one cause of arguments in most marriages is the thermostat in your house. See, it, now, is that not stupid? Somebody said the pastor said stupid in the pulpit. Is that not silly? Is that not ridiculous? The number one thing that husbands and wives fight over more than other than money. Now money's right up there with it. You know, that's a little bit more serious. But do you know that husbands and wives and families for that matter get into more arguments over who controls the thermostat? But the point is, relationships require investment. Relationships require work. And what happens to so many couples, especially I'm talking 10 years plus down the road, what happens to so many relationships is that they don't invest consistently in their relationship. And then 12 years down the road, 15 years down the road, if that long, they wake up one morning and they realize that, hey, my marriage is bankrupt. 
Listen, relationships require work. We have got to keep trying. We have got to keep investing. We fall into this trap in our relationships when we stop putting our best foot forward. Why, why does that happen to us? I'll tell you why. It happens to us because we become so familiar with one another. And we become so used to having one another around that we take one another for granted. And when we take one another for granted, we stop investing in the relationship. Listen, taking one another for granted, taking the people that, that we love the most and that we cherish most in our lives for granted is going to cost you something every single time. Can somebody say amen? Because you can love somebody. Here's, here's a principle. Do you know that you can love somebody, and I mean love them dearly, love them sincerely, but yet not like them? Do you know that that's a possibility, church? Do you know that it's possible to love somebody? I mean deeply love them. I mean love them to the point that you're willing to literally lay down your life for that person. But at the same time, not like or not enjoy being around them. Listen, again, the principle is we should never stop investing in our relationships. That means our relationship with Jesus Christ and that also means our relationships with one another, especially our relationship with our spouse and our own immediate families. The problem is we don't like having to invest the time and energy. We want it for free. We want it for nothing. But let me tell you something. The best things in life, they might be free, but understand they're always going to have to be respected they're always going to have to be cherished, and they're always going to have to be prioritized in our lives. They're always going to have to be invested in. I said the most cherished things in life is going to require an investment of our time, an investment of our love, and an investment of our dedication. Why did our love grow cold? How many times have I heard people ask that question? Why did our love grow cold? Why did my relationship with my spouse, or why, for that matter, why did my relationship with my family, what happened? Why did it grow cold? Why, why do my kids no longer talk to me much? Why don't my children no longer want to spend time with me, or vice versa? Because somewhere along the time, along the road, we stopped investing. Do you understand, and I tell married folks this all the time, we have more, we have more resources at our disposal to help us in our most important relationships. Remember what I'm talking about, our relationship with God and our relationship with our immediate families. We have more resources today to help us in those very, very important areas in our lives than we've ever had before. My goodness, folks, think about it. We've got the internet. We used to, you'd have to at least get up, get in a car and drive down the road to the nearest Christian bookstore to get something to help us in our relationships. We don't even have to do that anymore, do we? All we have to do is turn on our computer, get on the internet, and go to the nearest Christian bookstore website, and we, you can order it off of Amazon. They have tons and tons of Christian good Bible-based resources that we can use to invest our time and effort into our relationships in order to ensure their success. But it is our, it is our human nature. It is our human nature who that doesn't feel like we should have to do those things. Well, look, that's not what the Bible tells us. What the Bible teaches us is this. When we, when we stop trying, we stop investing. 
And when we stop investing seed into our relationships, now hang on, we forfeit the harvest. Can somebody say amen? When we stop investing seed in our, sowing seed in our relationships, we forfeit the harvest. Relationships are like a mirror. You may have heard me say this before. Relationships are like a mirror. Whatever we put into them is what we will get out of them. The question of this day is this, church. What have we invested into our relationships? What have we invested into the most important relationships? I'm talking about those that matter the most in this life. An elderly woman who never married answered with disdain when she was asked by someone why she had never gotten married. She looked at him and she said, well, it's like this. She said, I have a dog that growls, a parrot that swears, a fireplace that smokes, and a cat that stays out all night. She said, why in the world do I need a man in my life? You see, there is a difference this morning between sowing and planting. So when we talk about sowing, we're not, it's not the same thing as planting. Now back in the day, when we lived in an agricultural society, everybody understood what that was about. Not so much today. We, we don't, now some of us still plant gardens, but most of us no longer do that. So we may not, we can't take for granted that we understand the difference between sowing and planting. The key, the difference is this, the key to sowing is in the quantity of seed that is used. Did you get that? The quantity of seed that is used. When it comes to sowing, the quantity is just as important as the quality. Quantity meaning how much you sow. Sowing is dependent on not just sowing one seed. Chances are if you're sowing and you're only slinging one seed out there, guess what? You're wasting your time. Because sowing involves quantity. Sowing requires sowing an abundance of seeds. That's what I mean when I say we cannot afford to stop investing in our relationships because when we invest in our relationships, we are sowing the seeds. When somebody sows seeds, they take a handful of seeds and they scatter it all over the place that has been plowed and prepared to receive it. Sowing seed requires not just one seed here and another seed there. Some of us, we, we sow a seed here and we sow a seed there in our relationships and then we wonder we're experiencing bankruptcy 10 years down the road. The reason is we're not sowing enough seeds. We've got to sow an abundance of seeds in order to get a decent harvest. Am I making sense this morning? Does this make sense to you today? I certainly hope so. When it comes to sowing, the quantity of seed is just as important as the quality of seed. In other words, don't just tell your spouse or your, your children for that matter, your loved ones, don't just tell them once a year or once in a blue moon that you love them and what they mean to you. Friend, we need to sow them seeds. We need to do it abundantly. We need to sow many. Don't You know, let me put it like this. God forbid that we let a day go by that we don't tell our loved ones how much they mean to us and how much that we love them. Can somebody say amen? I'm, you're saying, Pastor, not even a day? No. Not even one day should go by in all actuality. Well, they know I love them. I heard somebody just the other day, nobody around here is so going to get nervous. Somebody who lives a long ways away from here say, told his wife, he said, well, you know that I love you. Reality is she probably didn't know 
that he really loved her because he didn't say it enough. Friend, let us tell one another, let us never let a day go by that our loved ones, those who mean the most in our lives, and I mean this includes God, this includes Christ, that, hey, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, God. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your life and for you choosing to be a part of mine. Let me tell you something. It matters. Let me tell you something. It will make a difference. How many know what the pastor's talking about this morning? Let me see your hand. That's right. We need to invest in our relationships. Let us never take one another for granted. You can never sow enough quality seed into your relationships. Remember, we get out of our relationships what we put into them. The question of the day is this. What are we putting into our relationships today? What are we sowing into the relationships that matter the most? I think I have an image of this on my PowerPoint. But a mustard seed. Do we have the yeah, air? There it is. You see that? A mustard seed. A mustard seed is a very tiny thing, isn't it? It appears very small, very tiny, and seemingly very insignificant. But it's the tiny, insignificant things that creep up in our relationships that can reap havoc in discord in our lives. Did you know that? It's the little things. Have you ever heard the saying before, the devil is in the details? Have you ever heard that? I know that's not in the Bible, but I want you to understand something. There's some truth to that statement, even though it's not necessarily biblical. The devil is in the details. The same is true in our relationships. The same is true in every aspect of our lives. It's the little things that we have a tendency to take for granted. It's the little things that we have a tendency to overlook. Or maybe the little things that we sweep under the rug that may seem irrelevant, insignificant to us at that moment at least. But, but listen now, just because it may seem insignificant to me does not mean that it is insignificant to her. My, I'm pointing at my wife in case you're wondering. Just because something may seem to be insignificant or just because something may seem to be unimportant to me does not mean that it's unimportant to her, and vice versa. Listen to what Jesus said. You're saying you're not even preaching the Bible today. I beg your pardon. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 30, the word of the Lord said, Jesus spoke this himself. He said, again, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and it becomes the largest of all garden plants. With such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Listen, little things matter. Will you say that with me? Little things matter. Say it again. Little things matter. I like what Pastor Price, the father of our church, said so many times over his years in service here as our pastor. He said, we can tame a cub or we can wrestle a grizzly. Do you know when we experience problems in our relationships, what we want to do so many times is what? We want to sweep it under the rug, don't we? We want to we wanna pretend like it's not a problem. We want to pretend like it, 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 we want to pretend like it doesn't matter. But what we don't understand and what we fail to realize that just because we swept that problem under the rug doesn't mean that that problem went away. 
So many times we like to close our eyes and close our ears and say, oh, it's not a problem, it's not a problem, it's not a problem. But it don't matter how many times we say that. And just because we swept that problem under the rug does not mean that that problem has disappeared. It does not mean that that problem went away. What it does mean is that even though we are ignoring that problem, we're giving that problem an opportunity to do what? We're giving that problem an opportunity to grow. We're giving that problem an opportunity to mature. We're giving that problem an opportunity to develop. And the whole time that we are closing our eyes and shutting our ears and saying, there's not a problem. If I pretend it's not there, it's going to go away. What we're doing is we're giving the devil ground. Now somebody help me preach here. Boy, y'all are mighty quiet this morning. I tell you what. What we're doing, we're giving the devil opportunity to come in and do what? Fertilize that seed of contention. We're giving the devil an opportunity to come in and, 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 and fertilize and, and, and tend to that seed of contention or that seed of division or that, or that seed that was sown in hurt or in pain. And you know what's happening the whole time? We're pretending that it is not there. You know what it's doing? It's growing. You better believe it, friend. It's growing. It's matter of fact, not only is it growing, it's, it's establishing roots in our relationships. It's establishing roots in our families, our, our marriage, the, the relationships that matter the most. And one friend, once it takes root, guess what happens? That tree really starts growing. And just like that mustard seed that seemed to be so insignificant, just like that mustard seed that seemed that it just didn't matter. It wasn't even important enough to pay attention to. Guess what? Now, it's a giant tree, and it has giant branches. Now, if you're sowing the right seed, that's a good thing. But friend, if you're sowing the wrong kind of seed, let me tell you something. It's going to come back. You see, this is what I've learned about sowing and reaping as children of God. We are anointed by God. Jesus put it like this. He said, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So somebody help me preach right for a minute. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. That says, church, that we have authority in the name of Jesus. That tells me that we have power, not my own personal power, but I'm talking about the power of Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth itself. We have the power to bind and we have the power to loose. But friend, any seed that we sowed as a blood-bought child of God is going to bring forth a harvest. You don't have to worry about that. If you sow it, you're going to reap it. If you sow the seed, friend, you're going to reap the harvest. That is a guarantee that the word of God gives us in his divine word today. If you say it with me again, if you sow it, you will reap it. So if you reap good things, you're going to get a good harvest. But if we're reaping bad things, guess what? We're still going to get a harvest. <laughs> it's just not going to be a pleasant one, if you know what I mean. So you can tame a cub or you can wrestle a grizzly bear. And like matter, a seed seems irrelevant. A seed seems insignificant. But it's what that seed can become. As a matter of fact, it's what that seed will become that's going to make the difference of Pastor Steve will come around and play softly on the keyboard as we bring this in for a landing this morning. I want to leave you today with three truths about investing in the kingdom of God that we get from the passage in Mark chapter 4 in our text this morning. Three truths about investing in the kingdom of God. Truth number one, you get back what you sow. 
Whatever kind of seed you sow will be the kind of crop that you will receive in return. Number two, you not only get back what you sow, you will actually get back more than what you sow. Lesson number three, you reap your harvest in God's timing. Now, this, this is deserving for two minutes of your time. Timing, folks, is everything. Timing is everything. Timing is so relevant and important in our relationships. Timing is also very important in knowing God's will and God's desire for our lives. Timing is everything. You see, what we want to happen, we want the what from God we want the where from God, but what we so many times overlook is the when from God. God not only wants us to experience the when and the where, God wants to experience the when. You see, I don't want to arrive at a, at a, at a destiny, even if it's God-ordained, even if it's God-chosen, even if it's God-breathed, but yet arrive there out of God's timing. You see, this is why good intentions plus bad timing will equal bankrupt relationships. Let me say that again in closing. Good intentions plus bad timing will result in bankrupt relationships. When you have broken ribs, a hiccup is a crisis. How many knows that this morning? If you have broken ribs, a hiccup may seem like a, a ordinarily may seem like a harmless thing, but when you have broken ribs, friend, a hiccup is not harmless. When you have broken ribs, a friendly pat on the back is a disaster. Here's the point. Good intentions, bad timing. Good intentions, bad timing. Bad timing can cause you to miss your opportunity for the harvest. Will you stand with me this morning as we get ready to pray? So we must understand this morning that it's not just about where God wants us to go as married couples. It's just as important to understand where God wants us to go and what God wants us to do, but understand it's just as important to understand when God wants us to go there. Timing matters. We're going to talk more about that, God willing, Lord willing, later on down the road. But here's my point. Our timing stinks. Guys, you should be able to say amen to that because we as guys, we're terrible in our timing most of the time. Terrible at our timing. When it comes to knowing God's will for our lives, we can be terrible at our timing. And we get ahead of God, and when we get ahead of, how many knows what happens whenever we get ahead of the will of God? We mess everything up. When we get ahead of God, we, we mess up something that God meant to be wonderful, that God meant to be beautiful, that God meant to be glorious. But when we get ahead of God, guess what we do? We mess up what God originally was wanting to do in us and for us. The same is true in our relationships with one another. The same is true with the most important relationships in our lives. It's not only about the where. It's not only about the what. It's about the when. You see, maybe you're here this morning and you're in a relationship where your spouse or loved one is, is sowing bad seed into your relationship. Listen, this is, I believe, God's word to you today. You can't do a whole lot about what the other person does, but you can do a whole lot about what you do. 
Don't let the other person's bad decisions make you make bad decisions as well. You keep sowing good seed no matter what. You keep sowing the good seed in the name of Jesus. You keep sowing good seed. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm saying you keep praying. You keep loving. You keep encouraging. You keep exhorting. You keep living for God. Even if nobody else in your household is living for Him. Because one day, as you keep sowing those seeds in abundance, guess what? One day, the harvest is going to come. And when that harvest comes back to you, friend, it's going to be a good harvest. It's going to be a great harvest. It's going to be a harvest of joy and not of sadness. A harvest of victory and not of defeat. Because the seed that we sow in the name of Jesus will bring forth an abundant harvest that we cannot even contain. I didn't say that, church. He said that. God said that. Somebody put your hands together this morning before we pray and give God a hand clap for praise today. Hallelujah to the living God. Praise the wonderful name of Jesus. Now, we're still not gathering in the altars just yet. But right where you are, if you're standing by your loved one, your spouse, your, your, your significant other this morning, I want you to take that person by the hand. And I feel led for us to pray for you this morning as husbands and wives. I feel led to pray for you and to pray over our families. Can we do that together right now in the name of Jesus? Now look, don't let me pray by myself. I'll get lonely up here real quick. Pray with me. Let me hear you pray when we pray, all right? That makes me know that you've heard what the Lord has said today. And that lets me know that you're taking the Word of God seriously this morning. So let me hear you pray right now. Pray for your loved one in the name of Jesus. Dear God, Lord, I'm taking my wife. Come on up here, baby. I'm taking my wife by the hand this morning. As I, as I take my wife who is precious to me my wife that I love beyond measure that I love beyond words Lord God I take her Lord and I bless her right now in the name of Jesus God I pray your blessing upon her I pray your favor on her and in her life Spirit of the living God rest your grace and your presence upon her today bless her God and bless her indeed I thank you for what she means to me I thank you God Lord for what she means to me thank you for the gift the gift oh God that you have blessed me with Lord when you sent her into my life it was an expression of your love toward me it was an expression of your grace Lord Jesus, I pray that you will anoint me to be the husband that she needs for me to be. Lord God, I cannot do this in and of myself. I cannot do this, Almighty God, in and of myself. It takes the anointing of the Holy Ghost that will enable me to be the husband that she needs me to be. God, anoint me that I will walk in sync with your perfect will for our lives together, not just my life, but our lives as a husband and wife. And oh God, today, we pray for our families. God, we pray for our children today. We pray for our children's children today, oh God. We pray, almighty God, that you will minister to them, that you will bless them, oh God, in need, and bless them with an abundance of grace and abundance of favor. And oh Lord Jesus, lead us, God, as a family. And you know what I feel led for us to do right now, church? I feel led for us in the name of Jesus to take authority over the devil and anything and everything that the enemy wants to bring into our family's life, to bring harm and division. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
the authority of Christ. We'll be under the anointing of the Holy Ghost power of God. We rebuke the devil. We rebuke the enemy right now. And God, we apply the blood of Jesus Christ to our relationship. We apply the blood of Jesus Christ to our homes. And we pray right now, God, that you will place a covering over our homes. Place the blood covering around our family that the enemy cannot break. For there is nothing that you have anointed, Almighty God, 
Thank you, God, for allowing us to experience your anointing in this place. And, oh, God, I pray that your word will serve as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path as we leave here this morning. Lead us in the way that we should go. God, help us, teach us how to love you, number one, how to keep you, number one, in our lives. For you said, God, if we seek, put the kingdom of God first in our lives, all of these other things will be added to us. That includes our most important relationships. And Almighty God, let it be so right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Bless us that we may be a blessing to others. And let all that we do and all that we are bring glory and honor to you. In the glorious name of Jesus, we pray these things together. And everybody said, amen and amen. Can we give God one more hand clap for praise before we leave? God bless you. We love you so much. You are dismissed. God bless you.